This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we talk about the big political stories of the week. I'm Mike Siluma. Thanks for joining us. With immediate effect. When people zone. And I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shit. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Chaperson. Order, Chaperson. Point of order, ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The AFC president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. In this episode of the Politics Weekly, we'll be looking at the ANC's succession race, which is underway in all but name. Apart from the obvious names, such as President Cyril Ramaphosa and, of course, uh, Tourism Minister Lindy Wesisulu, another name that has cropped up is that of uh, Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamula. On the Politics Weekly, this time, we'll talk about the youth factor in the ANC leadership race and whether the party should have more young people in its leadership ranks and whether that, in fact, would make a difference in the policy choices that it would make as a party. I guess this time, uh, Dr. Bongan Mulunga, who's the director of the Johannesburg Institute for Advanced Study at the University of Johannesburg, he is also the author of the book, The Man Who Built the ANC, which is on the life of uh, Pixley Gaisagaseme, the founding president of the ANC. Also joining us is uh, Sbongagwanke Shoba, who is the Sunday Times politics editor, who's a frequent uh, guest on the, on the show. Welcome to the both of you, gentlemen. Thank you. Let, let, let us start with the, you know, I, I was intrigued when I saw the name of uh, Ronald Lamula coming up in terms of uh, him being a possible contender for the deputy presidency of the ANC. And of course, we have to presume that, you know, anyone who becomes deputy president of the ANC uh, is uh, likely to, to be the deputy president of the country. Uh, let, let's start with you, Bongagonke. This argument, because he also mentioned it, uh, Ronald Lamula, this argument about the need for generational mix and the bringing in of a new blood or young blood, if you like, into the leadership of the ANC. What, what is it aiming to achieve in your estimation? Is it to push youth-related issues or is it uh, to bring forward better ideas for society as a whole? Uh, thanks, Pramike. The genuine call for, for young blood in the ANC it's about renewing the party, but secondly, it's, it's also about the party having to be able to compete with uh, with other opposition leaders. If you look at the the other opposition leaders, Pramike, uh, look at the EFF. Um, the, the their president, uh, I think, is forty or forty one, and uh, you look at uh, at his deputy, who is turning thirty nine this year. And you look at the DA; um, they have uh, a leader who's fairly young uh, compared to the to the ANC, and, and, and it is about that the need to bring in those fresh ideas um, within the ruling party, and also the the the, the majority of people in the voting age are the youth, and and, and there's been a struggle um, uh, in our politics to 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 convince young people to go out to vote because the people. Who are leading 
um, the, uh, not necessarily the ANC, but even other political parties, are really are really not speaking um, the youth language, and, and and they don't understand um, what is it um, that they are looking for, what, what are their needs, and what they would want from um, from 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 a political party. So I, I think bringing in young leaders, it's also to appeal to that to 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 to, to, the, to the to the youth vote and to say to to the youth, these are the people who represent you. These are the people who will um, will carry your aspirations and, and, and be able to deliver on, on whatever that you need. But also, uh, Mike, but also in the in, in especially in the ANC, um, such calls become problematic because uh, sometimes uh, they are not meant uh, for, for for the reasons that I've stated, and, and sometimes are based on factions, are uh, based on on blocking a certain candidate from. From uh, from occupying a particular position, so you place your own, and then you motivate their youth. But actually, we are just motivating for someone who's in your Doctor Ngulunga, younger leaders in the ANC, better ideas. Yes, and I mean there's precedence. I mean the ANC itself was founded by younger people. I mean you you mentioned Pixley Salaseme, who founded the ANC when he was 30 years old. And its first president, John Langalibalele Dube, when he became president, he was 42 years old. In fact, somebody who was considered perhaps to be the first president, uh, Walter Khobosano, was 54 years old in 1912. And he was considered very old. I mean, so, I mean, there is presidents. But, I mean, even as recently as 30 years ago, the current president, when he became uh, the secretary general of the ANC, he was in his 30s. Uh, and so it is not something that is new. And the international trend, I mean, if you look at other countries, I mean, countries are led largely by young people. I mean, you go to New Zealand, the prime minister there is fairly young. In uh, in Austria, I mean, there are chancellor who recently resigned, I mean, was 30 years old when he started being, uh, being chancellor. So there is an international trend. I mean, this thing that is going on in the ANC, that leadership, you find people in their 60s who still want to be deputy president or president of the ANC, is something that is relatively new. I mean, there are explanations for it, but it is it is new. I do think, as Shoba says, that there is a strong argument for having a younger person occupy a deputy president's position or even a president's position for that matter, who are largely young society and, and and things are changing. I mean, you can see that there is a disconnect between our political leaders who tend to be very old and and young people. I mean, disconnect in, in various ways. I mean, so I do think just outside of ANC internal politics, just talking generally as society that we do need to look up to young people who are in touch with the fast-changing world. I mean, the world that we live in today is completely different from the world that was in about 10 or 15 years ago. So you do need to have younger people mm-hmm. leading our society. Mm-hmm. But for your, for your definitive answer to, to my original question, better ideas because of younger people automatically, you know, by, by implication? Not necessarily. I, I think perhaps uh, this is a second issue that we need to think about. Um, we have younger people. I, I do sometimes wonder whether they have better 
ideas. I mean, part of the problem with the ANC today is that it is difficult to know individuals' views because, I mean, there is this mantra, I mean, uh, we speak as a collective and uh, the ANC discusses things uh, internally and, I mean, which also is something that is relatively new in the ANC. I mean, if you went to those who founded the ANC Youth League, I mean, in the 1940s, who literally published their opinions every week in newspapers and it was known where they stood on the major issues of the time. I do not know, for instance, Ronald Lamula, what does he stand for? What does he think about a whole variety of challenges that face our society? What is his view on unemployment, on the unemployment crisis that affects young people in the main? I, I honestly do not know. Because generally they will say, oh, you know, the resolutions say A, B, C, and D. And so if then what really matters is what was decided at a conference, then it means it doesn't matter who the president is because they should implement the, the same thing. So I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced that younger, better ideas uh, because we do not even know what the ideas are. All of them are implementing more or less the same thing mm -hmm. that was decided in some conference. Mm -hmm. And, and R Ronald Damula uh, is, is what, 38, 38-ish? If we, if we look at the average age currently of, of, of uh, ANC leaders, say, say on the NEC and on in cabinet, you know, we, we're looking at people who are, a lot of them would be in their 60s, maybe late 60s, even early 70s, some of them? Exactly, but Mike, that, that's the problem with the ANC, that um, after, after liberation, um, after 94, and I don't, I don't think it invested enough time and resources in, in actually grooming leaders for the future. There was a time where you had a very vibrant ANC clique that produced leaders that some of them are in the NEC today. But after the Malema ANC, if I may put it, that there hasn't been much that has been done in actually making sure that you produce these leaders because the, the, the youth league was sort of hijacked by older people who were then using it uh, for their own um, personal ambitions. So a young leader was not elected primarily because they, they are regarded as the, the cream of the crop. And of course, people have sat down and realized that this young person um, is, is intelligent and, and, and is a dedicated, he can be a de dedicated servant of the people. Uh, but the, now they were elected because there is, a, there is an old uh, leader who wants to ascend to a particular position and will want that young person to carry that campaign because the, the league is regarded as a, as a, as one of the provinces of the NC, and there's a, and there's a say in, in, in actually what happens in, um, in, in the election of party leaders. So in, in, in that way, you found that the quality of leadership that is produced by this youth is no longer the same. And that is why right now, if we were to sit down and say, let's look at the young people who are active in the ANC and uh, who, who can actually uh, take up the, the positions as we move along, we'll struggle to reach 10. 10 names. And that is why even the, the NEC, as you just pointed out, is dominated by all people. And the ANC in the ANC, they still regard someone as someone like Fidel Balula or Manus Kikaba as, as, as young. Those people are well in their 50s. 
And uh, th th that is the problem that is facing the ANC right now, is that leadership structures are dominated by old people. It's because those old people are the ones who run these party structures and run the youth league. The, the kind of leadership that comes up from the ranks of the league is not really of top quality. Dr. Ngurunga, Smawakwanke talks about the ANC grooming younger leaders. Now, when you look at, because you've done a lot of, 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 of research on, on the ANC, mm. uh, when you look back, did the ANC, the previous leaders of the ANC, groom leaders, uh, younger leaders, or did the younger leaders actually push the older leaders out of the way? How, how did it work historically? Mostly push them out. <laughs> mostly mostly push, push them out. I mean, I mean there's a story that uh, the former president Nelson Mandela told about uh, Toma. That in 1949 they went to his, yeah, Albert Albert uh, Kluma, that they went to his house and said, um, "We'll support your re-election." And he was what he was. He was Kluma uh, uh, was uh, president uh, general of of the ANC at the time, and Mandela and Tambo they were in. It used to be called the Congress Youth League then, the ANC Youth League, and so they had the program of action that uh, they wanted it to be implemented to change the ANC. Uh, I mean, in a sense, the ANC that we have today is the ANC that was forged, I mean, in the late 40s, early 1950s. And so they went to Tuma and said, well, we'll support you coming back as president of the ANC again on the condition that you support the program of action. And Tuma said, we are met. And Madiba tells the story in his book that he chased them away from his house in Sophia Town after midnight and they had to see but what did they do I mean the following day they went to the conference and voted him out and so um, but you see that was possible because the environment the political environment inside the ANC at the time allowed it I mean that people would speak out and they would change things but there is a new I mean, the problem is partly institutional, but also cultural in the ANC that uh, institutionally, especially at a leadership level, it is uh, the game that is played is dominated by political insiders, in a sense, as Shoba said, who control uh, processes of election, who control structures, and who can also dispense positions and, and patronage. And so if you are an ambitious young person inside the ANC who want to move up the ranks, what honestly do you do? Do you go out and openly challenge or do you uh, cultivate uh, political support inside the ANC? I mean, with those seniors who are going to push you up and up. And of course, it takes you a long time to do it. I mean, so I do think that if it was a more open electoral system, we'll see even more younger people, I mean, who raise up their hands and say uh, they want to become leaders of the ANC. But the the incentive is just not there. And the penalties of people who come up, I mean, they say you are not disciplined, you are this or that. So as a result, a lot of younger people decide to keep quiet and hope that they will rise within the system and the rules and the culture that is largely set by people who are seen in the ANC. Uh, we started out speaking about uh, Ronald Lamula at 38. When you look around, uh, because you cover the, 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 the politics uh, quite, quite intensely, who are, if we were to go out and say we're looking for young people now, 
who who might be let's say we say uh, or the ANC says it wants a third of its leaders to be to come into the NEC and maybe to come into cabinet who who are the young leaders currently in the ANC that one would be looking at outside of Ronald Lamola uh, but I might, I might not know the, the the ages of all of them but there are young leaders in the ANC especially those who were in the NEC that had Julius Malema and, and the one before them, who, who are still active and um, who the ANC can actually look at. One of them is is the Human uh, Settlements Minister right now, Mamuloko um, Kubai. She is, she is fairly young. Uh, she was in that National Executive Committee of the ANC. Uh, but the problem w- with ANC leaders, uh, Pramike, um, <laughs> almost all of them, there is always that uh, uh, little uh, uh, scandal that seems to follow them uh, um, wherever they go. Because has it not been for the PPE uh, scandals, I would have said that Bandile Masu is one of those leaders for the future that the ANC can can, can look at. But we all know uh, this this scandal that have um, since uh, followed him. There is uh, uh, leaders in in the northwest who were in the youth league are now occupying uh, uh, positions there. I can remember Kenneth Masunuke, although I do not know what she stands for. As Ungulu uh, 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 was saying, Uguti, there may be young people uh, in the ANC or wherever, but the fact that we don't know what they stand for. And, and and what they might actually bring in, in, into the into the table. There are others who have risen up the ranks also, Pramike uh, in um, in Limpopo. But in the ANC, there is this generation um, uh, uh, mix that, that 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 they explain that each and every generation will have its chance. So now there there is that grouping of of of. of Malusikikaba, Figile Mbalula, Sikhezigalala, Zamani Sol. That seems to be the, the, the agreement. That is the generation that is supposed to connect. Of course, there are younger people uh, who are younger than them, as I have mentioned, uh, Ronald Lamula. There may be many others as well. Yeah, I, I was intrigued, you know, to see even Julius uh, Malema, you know, who, who seems to be eternally interested in ANC affairs. Saying that uh, of, of Ronald Damola that he's jumping the queue, that he must wait his turn. This culture of waiting your turn, which, which you've just been talking about, Swangawang. Where, where does it come from, waiting in a queue? I've, I've, it's, it's, it's new. It's new. I mean, it, because <clears throat> if we're talking about queues, the current president then would not have been elected Secretary General of the ANC in 1991, simply. Uh, I mean, if you think about the leadership of the ANC in generational terms, because there's a lot of discussion about generations. Um, so, I mean, we have the first generation in a sense, I mean, people like Dube, Solplak, and we've spoken about this, people who led the ANC. And, I mean, you think of Mandela, Tambo, Lembede, as the second generation, in a sense, those are people who started leading the ANC from the 1950s. I mean, of course, uh, it was Lutuli, Albert Lutuli was president general of the ANC then. But like the current president, uh, Lutuli was a bridge between the founding generation and the youth league generation. But even then, 
we have people like Oara Tambo who already elected as a vice president. It was called vice president then. We call it the deputy president now in the ANC. You had uh, Sisulu who was the secretary general of the ANC. And these are people who were in their 30s, basically. All of them, they were in their, in their 30s. So the idea that some people should wait... <laughs> it is uh, it is unbelievable and and a new in in many respects i mean part of i think there's part of it which can be explained that there are people who should have led the anc for instance in the 1980s or even the 1970s i mean if you think uh, or tambo led the anc in exile for for 30 years um, I mean, had South Africa been a normal society politically, I mean, you'd have expected Tambo to lead, to be president of the ANC maybe in the 1960s. But he only left the political stage when the liberation movements uh, returned. I mean, somebody like uh, uh, the former president, Nelson Mandela, it's somebody who would have led the ANC in the 1960s perhaps as president. He was elected president in, in 1991. I mean, so there's this huge generational uh, backlog, as it were. Uh, I mean, it is quite remarkable to me that the current president, in a sense, and I'll use him because he's also a bridge between these generations. I mean, if you think about uh, former president Mbege, former president Zuma, who were born in 1942, the current president is part of that generation and not in a sense because he was born in the 1950s. He stands between generations. What Shoba is, is talking about, people who were born in the 1960s, 1970s in a sense. But what is remarkable is that we are still talking about people who were born in the 1950s who still want to be deputies uh, with an expectation that they will be presidents. <laughs> I mean, for a politician to be on top of his game, I mean, if we use the current president as an example, from the 1990s, 1991, we are in 2022 now, he's still going for another term. Effectively, he has been in the top leadership of the NC, top, 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 top. For almost, we're going for what now? I mean, almost four decades. That is remarkable. It means there's somebody who should be leading the ANC who's unable to lead the ANC. Because people who started leading the ANC in 1991 or early 90s still want to lead the ANC into the fourth decade. So this business then that you must wait your turn is partly because of that backlog that some people who shouldn't be leading still want to lead. So we should mean that if Mbalula or Kikaba want to become president of the ANC, they probably need to wait for another decade uh, in their 60s. <laughs> and then Enamula will have to wait his turn mm. and somebody must wait and wait and wait. It is unbelievable. Yes, Mama, I, won't get, I, I want you to come in here the, you know, before we wrap up. The, the Youth League itself, Dr. Ngolunga referred to the Youth League doing things in the 40s. The, the Youth League of today, what, what, if someone asks you, what, what are they doing? What, what keeps them alive? What, 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 what is their business in, in South African politics today? <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, uh, I know they've got uh, a, a national um, task team that was appointed by the NEC of the ANC, but 
even Letters team is so divided. They talk a lot around factional issues. And that's why they, there is no voice out there um, that actually uh, speaks to what does the youth league stand for and what programs do they have for the year ahead. Because they don't. It's just a structure where people are fighting because they want to uh, position themselves to be elected when the youth league eventually uh, elects leaders. And the last time like, the, the NC youth league elected leaders was in 2015 when they elected um, uh, the NEC of Colin Maine, and uh, it's seven years later. Um, they 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 have never uh, had an, an elective co- congress, and this is why that I'm saying that it it, it is non-existent. Um, we, every now and then you see the convener, uh, um, uh, maybe uh, dressing along alongside the president, as we saw in the build-up to to generate events, but. There, there is no youth league program, and she'll be speaking there. And other members of the that same structure that she leads will be contradicting her on social media, saying that's not a position of the entity. So the short answer to your question is that there, there is no youth league right now. Um, the, the vibrancy of the youth league is gone. Even in provinces, we don't have don't really have um, uh, the the structures of the youth league conducting any uh, progressive program that is in line with whatever the mother body is um, is saying. Or as you saw, even in the last election, the fact that they couldn't um, mobilize the youth to go out speaks volumes about this current status of the youth league that it is really non-existent. Uh, last word, uh, what, what would you say briefly is the political cost of what Uzboma Wonke has just described in terms of the state of the youth league? It's huge. I mean, um, I think, first of all, there is a disconnect. Um, I think there is a a disconnect not only between the youth league and, in a sense, and the constituency on whose behalf it is supposed to be speaking. There is also just a general disconnect that we are beginning to see now between the ANC itself and, I think, and the general uh, populace. Uh, so I think that, first of all, I mean, there is also just a credibility issue. I mean, if we are a young person who was born about 19 years ago, and suddenly you see an old person uh, who still wants to, to lead you, I mean, you just, there is this disconnect. But I, I think for younger people in the ANC, perhaps who think uh, they want to lead the ANC, you know, Political insiders do not give power. I mean, there is a story that is given about uh, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama that when Senator, then Senator Teddy Kennedy endorsed Barack Obama over Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton said to Teddy Kennedy, why, why are you endorsing this guy? I mean, this guy should be carrying our bags. I mean, he shouldn't be running for, for president. So, I mean, if uh, the system in the Democratic Party in the United States was a closed one, Obama would not have stood a chance. I mean, we wouldn't have had uh, President Obama. But because their political system was open, that somebody like him could raise his hand and say, I want to become president, and go through the primaries, I mean, and sell himself, that would not have happened, I mean, if their system was not open. So I suppose my point is, as long as we have a closed system, 
where things happen behind closed doors. I mean, where these insiders select now who should be next, who should become a deputy secretary or a deputy this, I don't think that we are going to have uh, any fundamental change anytime soon. Yeah, gentlemen, unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up there on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly for this week. And I'd like to thank you both, Dr. Bongan Ngulunga, who's the director of the Johannesburg Institute for Advanced Study at the University of Johannesburg. He is also, by the way, uh, author of the book, The Man Who Built the ANC, which is on the live of the ANC's founding president, uh, Pixliga Isagaseme. With us on the conversation has been uh, the Sunday Times Politics Editor, Tsmonga Gwanke Shoba. And by the way, uh, for a podcast of this conversation, you can go to iono.fm, to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to source your podcasts. Until next time, do remember to stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma, signing off. <laughs>